All right, Jackson. We do a podcast, don't we? Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it, it was an impromptu summer break. It was, it was. It was. It was the summer of George in Seinfeld. You know, George took the whole summer off. <laughs> there you go. And I'm wearing this California California hat. That was pretty much my summer. You are. Yeah, you? so uh, you got, you were sick, right? I did. I, okay. You got the... Since I've been here, uh, I've had a daughter. Yes. That happened, right? Yes, Before, I believe so. Yes. Or like, previous... Uh, got COVID. You got COVID. Uh, Delta variant. I was down for you know a day, achiness for two or three after. How was the Delta variant? I mean, I mean compared to the really Alpha tired. variant, it makes you really tired. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but uh, back to running now. We had a race last Saturday, yeah. so I'm feeling good. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> like we said, we uh, we accidentally took a little while off. But you know what? You had a sabbatical, yeah. and you're back now too. Everybody's like, going like, to school the next yeah. couple weeks. We're back at it. We're like TV shows, man. You take the summer off. Right. We're like old school sitcoms. Take the summer <laughs> That's off. Right. And then season whatever, 15 or 20. Right. You, everybody could September. have been listening to reruns in the last few weeks. Yes. Yeah. Then we have the time when you had to, you caught up on your shows mm-hmm. during the summer yeah. for reruns. And, and then it's the season start back up in September. Now, everything's just put online and you just binge, 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 binge. Yep. But, uh, but one of the good things that did happen this summer was the Olympics. Right. I are mean, you a, are you an Olympic fan? You know, Summer Olympics, I am. I, I, oh, okay. I frankly, so we have the opposite view on this one. Oh, this will be wow. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't I don't I can't think of an event in the Winter Olympics that I would go ah. Oh really? Um, but yeah. Uh, partly because I was uh, you know quarantined for a couple weeks there, that pretty much coincided with the beginning of the Olympics, um, and. Uh, so, uh, so our, our theme for today is uh, the virtues of the Olympics, um, and there are a lot of stories, a lot of things to talk about in terms of the Olympics. I always forget how much there is going on. I mean, goodness gracious, there are a lot of events, and, and too I, many events. There really are too um, many events, and uh, it's impossible mm-hmm. to care about mm-hmm. everything. Uh, I guess we can start with this uh, note that we're gonna reference some things there's so much we're not going to reference everything but hey some some interesting things happen uh I, you know obviously we're an ideas podcast we're still an ideas podcast <laughs> and so we want to talk about um some of the important ideas that can be tied to the olympics i think it's a great uh idea from the ancient world that mm-hmm. got brought back and mm-hmm. that, that we're doing i, I 1896 love the was the first modern olympics right in athens yeah yeah and uh, I guess they've been doing the Olympics every four years, except in during World War One, they didn't have the Olympics, and they didn't have it in, in 1940s during World War Two. Mm. But other than that, the Olympics have operated every four years, except last year because the Tokyo Olympics was supposed to be 2020. So really, while the Olympics were in 2021, they were actually the Tokyo 2020 Wasn't Olympics. That so strange. And so they 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 spent all this money on like new logos. Yeah. And therefore, they because in the Olympic gold medals, I think, also represented, because they had spent all this money on preparing for the 2020 Olympics, mm-hmm. and they got pushed back a year, so everything was still 2020 Tokyo Olympics, Isn't even though they operated strange? in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I don't know. Some sort of branding. Uh, yeah. Branding rules. Yeah. Today, doesn't it? Because, yeah. I, I mean, if it were me, I would call it the 2021 Olympics, I guess, and then go ahead and have, I, yeah. I get it, you printed the gold medals, you're yeah. not looking to melt them down and start over or whatever. We don't do the Olympics on odd years, I guess. Well, and I, <laughs> I, 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 we do, apparently. Yeah, apparently it's, it's, we do. one of the weird things about, like, okay, look, we can't admit that this is 
happening in 2021. Yeah. We have to still call it the 2020. I mean, I couldn't believe day after day I would just look and it's like, you're really calling this the 2020 Olympics. They were. Uh, so that was that was something. That's so great. you so you like the Summer Olympics more than the Winter Olympics. Oh, Any reason why you like the Summer, summer Olympics? I mean, um, you and I have talked before about sports we've been interested in. And you're not a cold oh, nature person. You don't oh, like cold. Yeah, that <laughs> probably contributes to it. Um, <laughs> I despise cold. Um, oh, winter. Ooh, but cold. anything I've ever done competitively happens in the Summer Olympics, whether it's yeah. track or wrestling, swimming, right. triathlon, running. Right. Right. It all uh, happens in the summer. And, and, you know, not liking cold, most of the winter sports, it's like, I've been skiing, I'm not, you, I know you really yes, like skiing, yes. I'm kind of like, ah, it's all right. Yeah. Uh, I've uh, never done the luge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've never done, so I, nothing there excites me. And, you know, there are some funny things uh, about the Summer Olympics that I, I really like, and I have no no attempt has ever been made by me to do any gymnastics, but I think gymnastics is totally fascinating. Yeah, sure. Um, so in general, I just like those better. What do you love about the Winter Olympics? Like, uh, yeah, so that? I like the skiing. I like, uh, I do also like, like, so I've never been to the Winter Olympics, but I think if I could pick Olympics to go to, I'd like to go to the Winter Olympics. And just wearing the toboggan with the jacket and the sweater and drinking coffee with the snow and watching the stuff, like that's just... That gets me going more okay. than the the summer of like boiling hot weather, like going to Atlanta and just dying in heat, yeah, watching yeah. the Summer Olympics. Yeah. But yeah, there's just I, and I think I like some of the like ski jumping. I like uh, the bobsledding stuff. Uh, yeah, I just think it's all like really cool. And and hmm. actually, I find that there's, there's less there are less sports. I feel like you get to watch more of the Winter Olympics where there's a lot of Summer Olympics that you never even knew happened. You didn't never had a chance to watch it. Basically, you get basically swimming, gymnastics, track, we're done, right? Where the winter, it's, you get a lot of different other kind of sports that are all kind of like, you know, new curling is great. Everyone wants to watch curling. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I, I do prefer the Winter Olympics. But as you said in your first question, there's so many different new events. I find that just really silly. You know, and um, I would characterize this Olympics, not knowing exactly that we were getting what we were getting as kind of like the Summer Olympics plus the X Games. Yes, uh, yes. So, for instance, we've and got... And by the way, you don't have it on here, but surfing was added this year. Yeah, I didn't catch any of that. Yeah. And I didn't know that was this was the first year for that. This was the first year for okay. surfing. How many... Uh, I guess you don't know. That kind of limits the amount of countries that can do the Olympics now, right? Well, and, and or, I wonder... Um, who has interest in some of these, you know, uh, things? Maybe like different countries. Yeah, what, well, Australians definitely with I mean, but, surfing. But yeah. Obviously, you can know the countries that, that do, but there's yeah. got to be plenty of countries. Like, there's not Mongolian surfers, and and it's right. not only, you know, uh, <laughs> that there aren't, but it's like, are there gonna be? Right. Could there be? Exactly? Right. Um, Which I, I read. It's always fun to kind of read a little bit about like the Olympics a little bit, and most countries in the world are represented in the Olympics. Like, mm-hmm. it's only like a like maybe like less than five or so who don't send at least one athlete yeah. to compete, which is actually quite interesting. I think kind of cool that if you, if we lived in, I don't know, some African nation um, or whatever kind of obscure country in the world and we were runners, mm-hmm. we, if our country had enough money, they could send us to the Olympics. Right. We could then lose by tons of, you know, if we were running the marathon or whatever, and we could lose by minutes and minutes and minutes to the winner Instead, we still got to compete and represent well, you our don't country. Have to qualify for the Olympics, though. Well, actually, 
you don't you have to qualify for your like heats and things. Yeah. But I think I believe that I think a country can still send an, uh, send an athlete even if like they are have they're not anywhere near like where the top 10 or so. I believe that's true. That there could be because I would think that if you are having so many countries represented that they're able to send an athlete even though they may actually not be very competitive in that yeah. particular event. But anyways, I think it is kind of cool that all, a lot of countries in the world are represented in the Olympics, that they send an athlete to, um, to represent their country, uh, and they get to compete. And it's always kind of uh, interesting about the Olympics. I, I, I remember I learned this in a movie uh, about the, um, uh, the Olympics that happened in Germany in the, in the 60s, right? Um, and... Uh, I'm, try, I'm, I'm, try, I'm forgetting the German the city uh, that the Olympics were in. Uh, Munich. Munich, know. yeah, it was were Munich. They? Yeah, thank, thank you. Uh, when the Palestinians, terrorists, attacked oh, yeah. uh, the Israeli athletes. Um, and the Olympics is supposed to be a time when every four years, was for the Summer Olympics, that countries lay down their arms and compete against their enemies in peaceful ways. And in that, in that particular Olympics, the Palestinians did not lay down their arms and instead attack their enemies at the Olympics. Right. You know, and, and so there's something quite special about the Olympics that, and I think this is coming from ancient Greece time as well, is that you don't, you don't try to kill your, your enemy or your rival. Instead, you try to beat them in a peaceful competition. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is really quite, quite great and good that, you may you may be running aside your enemy or your rival nation side by side in the one hundred meter dash. Yeah. When after that hundred meter dash, those athletes shake hands and say, "You know, good job. You were you know you competed hard." Like that's right. a beautiful thing. Right. And the Olympics as a whole, what an amazing idea to test uh, political systems, to test uh, sociological frameworks. What is the best way to live? Mm. I mean, it's a philosophical exercise and Absolutely. a certain way of thinking. Like yeah. There are different modes of living happening on this earth, and in many different kinds of competition, you get to see how they're playing out, including what is uh, the most interesting one, in my opinion, and that is between uh, the capitalist democracy in the United States and communist China, which all the way to the last event was uh, a neck-and-neck competition in terms of gold medals. China was ahead probably by 10 gold medals at one point, Mm -hmm. Um, and the USA ended up having not only one more gold medal, but overall something like 20 more medals. Yeah, 20 plus, um, yeah. And that's that's pretty amazing. I I am interested in how this plays out in the coming years. Uh, because China is ascendant, and yeah. they have the population is not a problem. No, it's not. Uh, they have seven hundred million more people uh, than us, and so even uh, I have some questions later that I want to ask you about. Uh, I, I was particularly interested in what areas China is dominating in, and then certain areas they have n- very little to no uh, representation. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's certainly got to be in some way a commentary on uh, East versus West. Um, but sure. so many stories from the Olympics that seemed like a great thing for us to talk about today. So what did you think about us? things like three-on-three basketball, skateboarding, rock climbing, surfing, uh, some of these new things that were added? I think the three-on-three basketball is really silly. <laughs> I agree. Um, some people like that. I was not. Yeah. Uh, I think I, it's really silly. I don't like Because, like, my thing is, like, all right, three-on-three basketball, why not just add in the the the, the the trampolines <laughs> and that type well, of basketball. Yes, at least it's, it's a, at least it's a different or wheelchair basketball or something 
that's it brings another form of athlete, not the same athletes. You just happen not to be on the five on five team, right? Right, and it's um. Because the there's no difference in three. The arguments for it seem to be, oh, it's so fast paced. There's so much scoring, and it's just kind of like it's also half court, isn't it? Right, it is, and it's um. Yeah, it, it, it is like I don't know. I'm, I don't want to be that critical of it, but it's like all the things that people complain about modern uh, NBA basketball. There's no defense. It's all about people scoring. It's like you just amp that up and kind of yeah. go, everybody throw the ball up because you don't have to go very far. And right. it, you know, I, I, you know, it's fast paced. I get that, but it, I, there, there is some element. Uh, this is a great example of, okay, look. We don't need, like, multiple forms of every sport no, we to don't. be Olympic sports. Like, something is the peak. And I really think that full-court basketball is the peak basketball experience. And I don't want multiple, you know, like, what, are we going to do half-court soccer as well? Right, or like, beach is... so- soccer, right? Is that a sport in the Olympics? What but is it? It, Beach soccer is a sport. Like, the oh, countries compete against each sport. other in beach. And it's soccer that's played on the beach. And well, sure. Players don't wear shoes, whatever. That seems more interesting, maybe. But still, it's like... You have soccer. That's its purest form. Right. Five on five basketball is its purest form. Why would you add a sub form? Because obviously three on three basketball is like, I mean, what, what makes a three on three basketball player better or different than a five on five? It just it doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. You are probably not getting the peak athletes, and that, and it's not just because um, five on five basketball is older. Right. It requires less endurance. It, it is. Uh, the skill set seems to be a subset of yeah. what is required for the five-on-five full-court experience. I, I don't even like uh, playing half-court basketball. One of the few things, though, that I've got going for me whenever I play basketball is running. Right, and endurance. So I want right. to run the court. That's right. I want to wear people out. It's an advantage for you. Right, and right. so I don't – this idea of – I mean, not, you know, any half-court experience is more dominated by size, by shooting ability. And, right, right. And, and so – That is true. Uh, that's, that's what I guess it's in part personal, but I just uh, – was not impressed. And I by think that. the skateboarding, like, I mean, I think it's fine. I mean, obviously, there's snowboarding in the Winter Olympics that was mm-hmm. added before the year 2000. Uh, I think it was actually snowboarding was added in the Nokia Winter Olympics, uh, Naga Winter Olympics in 98. But um, so I'm okay with skateboarding. I do think you do have this mixtures of like X Games, mm-hmm. but that's always been kind of true. Like with the Winter Olympics, they've added some of the. Um, kind of like the more alternative sports like snowboarding. And so that's happened. Um, rock climbing, like, I'm not sure how that's judged. I don't even know, like, what I would be watching except someone just climbing a, a, right, a rock face and by time. Go really fast for time. That might be interesting. In, but I feel like people just want people to fall just to watch them fall. But uh, it, I would find it interesting instead of maybe having rock climbing, like, since American Winter Warrior is so popular. Like that could be an interesting Ninja Warrior, I, uh, because you know because it's it's very similar that maybe actually since people watched Ninja Warrior that they would actually be able to watch it and actually be able to enjoy it from an Olympic standpoint. Yeah, that may not be interested in the rock climbing, uh, surfing. Again, I don't even know what I'm watching. I mean, cool big waves, I guess, but uh, I'm not sure I'm gonna like tune in for surfing. But um, I'm not sure what what's when they think. Hey, what do you think? I have a whiteboard. It's the Olympic Committee on new games or whatever the committee is, they have a whiteboard and they're throwing out like, all right, what's the new sport we should add to right. the, the next Olympics? Like, I'm not sure like, like what the need is for more, more, yeah. more, cause it seems like the bigger countries like the United States are still winning 
these type of events. Like I know, I know Tokyo. I think Japan did win some of the skateboarding stuff, yeah, which is great and like good. That. But it seems like the the sport the teams the countries that win a lot of the 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 the, uh, the these uh, medals when you add new sports they also then win those medals. So it's not like it's helping certain countries that struggle to win medals. And now we're going to add some sports that they're better at. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's really helping either. So I'm not really sure what the need is for more sports. Right. Um, so uh, especially when everyone's just watching swimming, gymnastics, track. Why well, add any others? Games or right, I would almost call for okay. If you're going to have some sort of voting system for adding, um, shouldn't we be considering some sort of uh, of the current sports that exist? That the three that get the if we want to add three more, that the three that get the absolute least votes aren't in the Olympics anymore uh, because it's so much. It, it's mm-hmm. and this is. Um, you know, look, I know there are people who will devote themselves to an activity, but there are so many events that you cannot possibly keep up with all the things that are going on. And, you know, something like weightlifting alone, there's something like seven weight classes for men and then seven weight classes for women. And believe me, I understand why weight classes matter and stuff like that. But it's like, we have so many different competitions. Um... That is, should the vision of the Olympics be, we want to highlight people who excel at everything mm-hmm. as long as it's physical. Uh, I bring that up because for a while uh, there's been a drive. Uh, I watch people play competitive video games. I was games, about to ask you this. Because I was about called. to ask you, should you think that one of the things they should add in the years to come is... Esports and, because and, it's so because I think what's driving some of this stuff is how do we get more people interested in the Olympics, right? So, this is a large group of people that's worldwide, right? This right. is not just an United States phenomenon, this is an Asian phenomenon, it's a European phenomenon, Middle Eastern phenomenon as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it comes to people that you may bring into the Olympics, like when it comes to not only competing but also viewership. Isn't esports really a good and, and one to add? And what I would say with, uh, about that is that on a practical level, what you should probably do is that um, on the off years and the in between years of the summer and winter Olympics, you should start, you know, uh, on a normal year, which 20, 2021 would be an off year normally. You would do all of the challenges or all of the esports that are related to console games, and then uh, you have the Winter Olympics the next year, and then the next year after that, I would suggest having all of the esports related to uh, PC games. Um, because there are so many. I mean, it's, it's a similar problem. There are so unbelievably many. Right. Uh, if you were to bring up Twitch TV uh, or YouTube gaming right now, you would just see so many people playing competitive games that it's too much. It's too much activity. And I understand we want to support uh, and appreciate the athleticism, um, but it gets because to the point where you can't possibly appreciate all of it. Um, there's just so much. And so we already might be there with uh, the Summer Olympics. Do you have an idea? I remember I saw the stats when I was reading about this this morning of how many events there were. I can find out. Oh, that yeah, that's know. a great question. Let me find that out really quick. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it, there's so many sports in the Olympics that I don't even get a chance to watch because um, – and I, and I do think, you know, with NBCSports.com and Peacock, that NBC's kind of streaming service – it does allow people more games, more events to be uh, watched and consumed by viewers. And I think uh, 
one thing about the Olympics, really is maybe a good argument for wanting the Olympics, look through the esports as maybe an added uh, sport uh, to the Olympics, is that's going to probably lead to far more uh, competition for media rights. Like, that brings, like, YouTube, yeah. some other, like, uh, internet streaming um, platforms to go, we should probably invest in the Olympics. Let's spend, you know, X amount of billions of dollars in buying the rights to, to broadcast the Olympics. Uh, because one of the major viewerships is going to be esports. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept. And as we already said, there's a lot of people. I mean, being an American doesn't make you any better at video games than someone from Saudi Arabia, right? right. So it does also kind of create a sense of very uh, worldwide com- competition. And you would be amazed at how much. Um, so, for instance, in the game I follow the most called StarCraft, uh, South Koreans have dominated. Um, it is it, the training for it, the, the hours that you spend. Uh, it is comparable. There is a physical element to it. Sure. It is not uh, bare strength like some certain challenges. Um, but that Eastern mindset of just 12-hour practice days, just bare discipline right. is very useful right. in a lot of what you need for these uh, games. Um, because, for instance, I mean, uh, something like tennis. Is there strategy to tennis? Oh, yeah, yes. very much so. And if you don't understand that, you're not going to be a good tennis player. Right, well, right, then, right. Okay, then a strategy game... Yeah. has strategy, and sure. not only um, it has execution, which is where the physical element comes into play. And so uh, there are, there's just so many games, and already there are things like the World Cyber Games, uh, DreamHack. Um, uh, there's so many different uh, world events, world-class events for uh, esports that, that it's not a question of should this happen, it's just how big is it going to get. Most yeah. people already know that it's a multi-billion dollar uh, industry and it makes sense because, like you said, well anybody around the world could challenge each other, and while you can't play tennis against somebody who is presently, you know, you couldn't walk out of that door and play tennis in ten minutes against somebody who lives in Australia. You can play any number of different video games yeah. against them, which is an added bonus in terms of how easy the competition is to put together. Uh, and, and I mean, <laughs> the the logistical nightmare in the logistical circus that putting together an Olympic day games is uh, lessened in that arena. So I'm, I'm interested in where that's going, uh, but the number is this. Uh, the 2021 Olympic Games, uh, there were 33 different sports uh, competing for 339 different gold medals overall. Uh, I would assume, I wonder by 33 different sports, is track and field considered a sport, do you think? I would think it would have to be. Yes, yeah, uh, because. To know there's a lot of variety in that. What one. was the number again? Thirty-three uh, different sports competing mm-hmm. for three hundred thirty-nine different gold medals. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's a, a lot. lot. With four new, uh, four new events that that we mentioned. Uh, so uh, let me just as another introductory question: Why do you think? Uh, so it's obvious, first of all, that China dominates at things like diving yes and weightlifting yes. in particular i mean the if you have not looked this up it is shocking i know diving it's like pretty remarkable it is it yeah. is unbelievable there's a, a a young lady 14 years old who was getting i mean she got like seven perfect tens shocking yeah. numbers in diving they don't give out perfect tens in right, diving right but i watched her do an incredible dive, and then she would hit the water and just... No splash, right. (laughs) And it it was really amazing. So uh, China excels at at more things than this, but the the domination in diving and weightlifting. Uh, But, for instance, 
almost no representation in track in particular. At field events, they, they had some gold medalists. Um, but running very events, few. Uh, very yeah. few, and things like ball sports. Right. Uh, uh, baseball, basketball. Uh, yeah. And they've had some basketball players make the NBA, like Yao Ming and a few others, but they're, um, it's not like they have been a major accomplishment to U.S. or some of the Eastern European countries in basketball. Uh, I know that in, in soccer, they... I know. I think the women's soccer team is is fairly good, but men's soccer not so well, not so good. Um, and uh, yeah, the 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 track one is interesting. As you would think, like obviously they've got a lot of a lot of people. You would think you could find some track guys, track guys or girls in that mix. But um, yeah, it, it's an interesting question. I'm not really sure if there's an answer to it other than um, I knew that I know that U.S. especially who excels in track and field there there is um, you have high school and college level track mm-hmm. uh people like i ran track in third grade so i got into track pretty early mm-hmm. um and of course we have a lot of sports that kids play that have an element of speed and so like you know running and, and also like throwing and other mm-hmm. types of activities that are involved in track um i think i think maybe from a youth level the investment that parents put into ball-related sports or even, like, track, I think it's pretty high in the United States, mm-hmm. even also with uh, the country club sports like golf. and Because uh, I don't think there's a lot of Chinese golfers that are great either. Right. Um, and tennis as well. Like the U.S. just, they invest in a lot of these sports, and they, we, we've been investing in these sports for a long time. And I think where China is, while over the last, what, 20, 30, 40 years, they've grown as an economic power, they, they were very much very poor nation for most of the 20th century, right? So they have a lot of catching up to do. I think at some point, you know, they may end up being better at some of these other sports. Right, and it, it's, um, it is fascinating because some of what you see going on, it's easy to look at the Olympics and think that this is some sort of uh, bare production of uh, a different culture. So, for instance... Um, Somalia, Ethiopia, and um, Eastern Eastern Africans, Eastern African countries tend to produce amazing distance runners. Right, right. And that there has got to there are elements here that are just like it has a lot to do with geography. Yes, and yeah. the climate, of the geography has yeah. these elements. But there's a lot to be said um, for the <clears throat> kind of the economic. Uh, incentive behind the Olympics to show we have enough wealth in our country that we can we we, we can and we want to fund a diving program that yeah. operates yeah. for the entirety of the four years right. while uh, while these people are uh, not at competing at the Olympics um, and in all of these other sports. I mean, you see the guys out there doing the hammer throw. It's it just it, it shocks my mind to think. This guy has done nothing but, but practice that hammer as like a full-time job. While I've been doing all the things I've been doing the last four years, that's it. That's yeah. what he's doing. He's spinning around and throwing a piece of metal. Yeah. That, that, is, um, that is interesting from an individual perspective, but it's, it's unique that for a lot of these countries, uh, what the Olympics does is it provides a platform for them to show we are a productive country we work yeah what we're doing works and yeah. we are able to produce people who excel in this and this and this and this i think the u.s when they made a change i think it was like 
in the early 90s when they let professionals compete mm-hmm. that you didn't have to be an amateur. I think that was really helpful for countries like the U.S. because before, um, like, a lot of countries, like, if you were a, if you were a distance runner, that's what you did. You were mm-hmm. a distance runner. You didn't have to work, you know, most of the time you were supported by the country mm-hmm. to train and then right. to compete. Well, for most of, like, the 20th century and stuff, and, and C. Prefontaine brought this up and he got it when he was running, that the the American Athletic, uh, um, the American Olympic Committee just didn't provide a lot of what the athletes needed. Mm-hmm. Where, like, now I think U.S., like, Simone, Simone Biles, like, she... She gets endorsements. She mm-hmm. makes a good amount of money. Right. She gets to practice and compete and train most. I mean, she doesn't have to work on a nine-to-five job and then also try to compete. Right. And, and I think that has helped the United States because I think if they – if, say, the U.S. had to send, like, the college athletes to play basketball and not professionals, right. I think China would have probably have a fighting chance mm-hmm. just because, like, if they had a national basketball team – the, US, the Chinese government is probably supporting them in every way. They don't probably have to work mm-hmm. any other job. Like, that's what they are. You know, right. They get to compete right. uh, and train and do those other, other things. And so um, I think the U.S., like, you know, the reason why I think we've been able to compete in a lot of different sports and do pretty well is like we do support our athletes. We have a college system where a lot of these students are, are full scholarship, getting some of the best uh, facilities and nutrition uh, from a college level. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's just, the U.S. does invest a lot in sports. Mm-hmm. And it shows when the Olympics come up every four years why we end up winning the most medals and most golds. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's just interesting, like, I think population has also been interesting. Like, a lot of European countries aren't as competitive in the Olympic Games as they used to be. Because their population has, grown, has declined significantly. Yeah. And so you have the Chinese and you have the United States uh, and you have the Russians as well, uh, but especially those two Chinese in the U.S. who have a, a fairly stable population growth and they have, they're continuing just to beat, beat a lot of these other countries that have just as much money, but they just don't have the athletes and all these yeah, different Yeah, it, it says sports. something about the national drive, um, you know, uh, Though we are, I think, seeing some fatigue about how we operate as a nation, uh, I think there is a sense still that uh, we have a system and that China has a very different system and that we are uh, we're testing how this is all going to turn out right. and what system is superior to produce yeah. athletes. And meanwhile, in Europe, a lot of this um, seems like European identity has been a lot in question in the yeah. last, say, 20, 30 years as far as... is. Is Europe just one conglomeration? Right. When it used to be very national, uh, very uh, very defined by uh, groupishness or by a, by a nation state, um, that's that's in question. And you wonder if um, if that were more still emphasized, how different it might be. Mm. Well, let me get to uh, we have I got a series here of just some of the particular stories that I uh, I found uh, interesting. How familiar are you with the? Um, the basketball, uh, the men's basketball story, uh, in particular, this this war of words between uh, Kevin Durant I'm not and Kendrick all. Perkins. All right, yeah. I'll tell you a short story. Um, so you are aware that uh, in something like a pre-Olympic game, but in the uh, in the early part yes. of US the tournament, that France beat the U.S. Yes. twice. Yes. Uh, well, they beat them. They, so the U.S. lost to Nigeria. They lost to France. 
And I want to say they may have lost someone else. Maybe they beat the Australians. But they lost, like, two of their three pre-Olympic games. Right. Games. So, so there was a group stage. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. They lost their first game to France. Right. And, right. and at the group stage, which uh, the way the group stage works is that you want a good record because it will give you a, a high rank and make right. your path to the championship gold medal game easier. Easy. But they did not. Right. Uh, they so lost they didn't that first have, Right. Uh, it's, it's a seating system is what it, what right. it, it fills out. Um, and so the U.S. wasn't looking great. And, right. Um, and... Uh, Kendrick Perkins, who is a commentator for ESPN, yep. basically said, "Former player, you know, I don't, I don't like uh, Team USA's chances. I don't think they have it this year. Just very straightforward." Which is that. was not was a majority opinion after that game, and they again, like I said before, they lost two or three of their pre-Olympic game matches, right? And so it kind of looked like they were not going to win. And it, what is, uh, in some ways, good about it, but then it becomes. Uh, controversial in particular to the players is that uh, so these words are remembered by a guy like Kevin Durant who has a lot of opinions about Kevin Durant and was he at the best stage of his life as far as a player is he hungry enough and these sorts of things Um, hearing that in classic basketball fashion those guys on the US Olympic team uh, really get angry about it and are talking about his words not only uh, before but after the game. I mean, these guys, and through the wonder of our all of our social media, are on uh, Instagram talking to Kendrick Perkins, saying, "Yeah, what do you think now?" You know, and it uh, it made for a great news cycle. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, um, but then the question that I thought was interesting is uh, that you know. Kevin Durant is saying, you know, are you an American too? You know, what are you what are you doing running us down talking about we can't win? We're out here representing our country. Where are you? You know, yeah. and, and what is the role of that now? Uh, is it is it incumbent upon um, upon even media personalities to say, you know, I still believe in our our country? Where does loyalty to a nation fall in our globalized age? What do you oh think? man. Uh, that is a great question. I definitely, I was curious about that. I was curious, like, you know, how well would the U.S. do in the Olympics? Like, how and are people supportive? Like, are people watching? Are they are they wanting the U.S. to win? Um, or is it just simply certain stars or personalities that are drawing them in? Like, you know, or, or do people just want to watch the Americans win, you know? Um, and I think obviously for our home, like we're cheering for the Americans. We're telling our kids like, this American is, is in that lane in this right. swimming match, right? Okay, we're going for the American, blah blah blah. Mm. So like, you hope that that's the majority of the country who's watching is that's what their thoughts are, right? Um, but and I think maybe that's why the the Olympics are helpful and good because. And those particular moments, like, you're not thinking, oh, well, Biden's the president of this particular America, so I'm not rooting for this America. Right. But when there's a Republican being president, then I'll root for those athletes. Or, you know, like the U.S. soccer team, you know, Donald Trump came up and said he was happy that the U.S. women's soccer team lost yeah, their uh, semifinal game. And because if it's like, former president shouldn't say that about the U.S. And even though that, yes, Megan Rapino is very open about her hatred of you and yes she is you know very supportive of the lgbq uh agenda because she is a lesbian uh however she still represents she's also a player on the u.s women's soccer team mm-hmm. and don't you want to root for the u.s women in that particular situation like i want i bet you money there are probably a lot of other people 
who agree with Donald Trump, who don't like Megan Rapinoe, who are probably glad that the U.S. lost that game. That, mm. That's unfortunate. Like, I mean, I just think that's just as silly, you know? And, and, and I think the sad thing is, is that if, all right, for example, you know, if we had known some of the other U.S. swimmers who won gold medals or won medals and we knew their politics, right. would be then less likely to root for them? For some people, I think that is true. Yeah. And, and that I, is so unfortunate. Right, and I don't... Yeah. yeah that's not what I want. I, yeah, I, um, I wouldn't want that. We, uh, we're struggling very much, I think, right now with layers of identity. Yeah. And that shows in moments like this right. that you can't uh, cheer. And, it, it, and again, it doesn't have to be all the way down to the heart. If there's anybody kind of thinking right now, well, aren't they all humans? Well, sure they are. But this is one of these interesting moments where we have... Uh, a lot in common with those who are from our country right. and and it's just it, it is just like a regional sports team that you go yeah. and you cheer for because yeah. uh, this is a a great representation of uh, a, a worthwhile challenge uh, to see who comes out on top it is honorable it to is. walk onto a field and to say look nobody's got an advantage here yeah. we've agreed to the rules of this game and now let's see who comes out on top that yeah. is an honorable experience, and it's pretty amazing. It is a civilizational achievement to have the Olympics. Uh, like you said, there are plenty of years, or there are some years where we didn't, and even before 1896, there is a reason that we didn't, because the pursuit before 1896 was, well, uh, does everybody have enough to eat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We have clean water? Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And that was the, the pursuit, both the, the money wasn't there, but the survival, the, uh, the certainty that... You could leave your family and go and compete uh, was not there. So it is a civilizational achievement to think that this started in ancient Greece, revived in 1896, and it happens again. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to reference, I was thinking about um, what Kevin Durant was asking for in support, Mm -hmm. and um, that we are in a crisis about uh, what you could call civic virtue. Apparently. There's a fire somewhere. (laughs) Fire somewhere. Nearby, here on the west side of Evansville. Yep. Um, and, and there's a lot of talk about what civic virtue is, but basically if you could think about what enables uh, and furthers citizenship, uh, common good, and these sorts of things. And um, I appreciate it when I was just looking up something, a, a simple analysis of civic virtue. Uh, Bob Putnam, uh, who wrote in Bowling Alone that there are three civic virtues. He said active participation in public life. Uh, so that would be voting and uh, yeah. being aware of what's happening around you in your neighborhood and in your city. Uh, the second one is trustworthiness. And then the third one, I think, is uh, what Kevin Durant perceived as the line being crossed. And uh, Bob Putnam defines the third as reciprocity that is a- acquired through social connectedness. So that you you encourage those who you have associated yeah. with. And, you know, look, the NBA is a certain kind of fraternity. And you yeah. would think, uh, I-, I-, I would guess... Um, as anytime you're an insider, there are opinions about all kinds of different things. And look, um, the dream team, when you and I were young and, and the dream team was such a big deal because it was not always the case that you had literally the best basketball players of a generation who all played on the same team. And so to get Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Johnson. I mean, all of them. Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, John Uh, It was amazing. I mean, the 90s, I will will maintain, were an amazing time to be a young person. That's just one example of a thing that happened that uh, just epitomized uh, the... uh, It's almost like superhero movies were born in moments like this when you see everybody get on the same team and they dominated. Yeah. Uh, That dream team. 
uh, dominated. But meanwhile, uh, what you said, uh, sort of, sort of the, uh, a new dynamic has come into play ever since professionals were allowed. Well, professional basketball players, baseball players, uh, uh, have self-separated, have self uh, purposefully yes. withdrawn because there's not a lot of incentive. Right. For them, you're not paid a lot to be right. on the Olympic team. Right. A lot of it is you care enough to represent your country. Right. And look, um, uh, there's a lot of talk in professional sports about how how it comes down to, well, everything's about how much money you can make, but also realizing, well, I've gotten, or I have in me, say, 12 seasons on, um, on a basketball uh, mm-hmm. court. Right. And if I take... A whole season and give it to the Olympics. Well, then I only have eleven seasons to make money in the NBA, and that calculation is right. there present against this right. calculation of do I want to go and represent my country and be right. known as an Olympic champion and have a gold medal? Um, and so certainly we did not have all of the best uh, NBA players who were on uh, this team. Uh, LeBron James was not on there. Carmelo Anthony. Everybody's talking about the Lakers right now. The Lakers are picking up a lot of players. Um, right. No, there were plenty of great basketball players that were not on this team, and everybody mm-hmm. knew it. Mm-hmm. And so you had that from the start. And so then it is perceived by Kevin Durant as a slight to not support uh, this team and be encouraging to this team um, when it is a challenge mm-hmm. to put a team together. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and when you don't have just the overwhelming amount of talent that maybe you could. Yeah, and one thing interesting about basketball is like their season just ended – and um, they had a they had a kind of a, a, they had a shortened off season because of COVID, so like their season ended in October, and then they restarted the season in December. So a lot of these guys have been playing um, a lot of basketball and a lot of fatigue on their bodies. So it was already a, a rush to try to get this team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some players get COVID, so they had to leave the team. They had to add some new players like at the last minute. Um, and so it took a little bit of time for them to kind of gel. And once they did, and also Kevin Durant's like the best player in the world, and he showed it at the Olympics that he is—he's the one that brought. He basically he put that team on his back and you know brought that team to the gold medal. And Lenin said, "Oh, this team's not going to win the gold medal because of all these other factors." And what you just said, they're the best players from America actually aren't on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but Durant basically used this as an opportunity to say, "I'm greater than all these other guys." And I'm going to win the gold medal kind of on my own. And it's pretty much kind of what he did. And so it was a great opportunity for him to kind of stick it to Kendrick Perkins. At it. I definitely am the greatest. And look, you saw uh, we weren't going to win, and I put this team on my back and won. Yeah, so, um, so that is a great story. Now, on, on uh, the other side, women's basketball did have a pretty dominant yeah. showing uh, for the seventh Olympics straight uh, they won gold medal, and they have equaled the U.S. men's remarkable gold medal streak from 1936 to 68, uh, the USA. Now, basketball is an American sport. It is. Great um, in America. It is. It James is, a. Smith. Right. It is more um, praiseworthy, I think, to win seven gold medals now mm-hmm. when other countries have had the opportunity to create yeah. an atmosphere if they wanted right. to uh, of, of having this. And so uh, that's a pretty incredible 
streak. But, you know, basketball is a sport that is caught on around the yes, world. It's a global um, sport. More so, uh, I would say, I mean, you and I have talked about, I think even on the podcast before, that probably the biggest sport in this country is American football. Yeah. Um, but American football is not caught on around the yep, world. Uh, you, it, it has the funny... Uh, Around the world, football is still soccer, right. uh, what we call soccer. Um, There's that problem with it, and I think also it's very similar to rugby. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of other countries around the world, mm-hmm. rugby is very much adopted and, and beloved, and they have a hard time distinguishing. They, they find football – I remember when I lived in Sweden, we would watch football, American football, and they thought the game was very, like, slow. Like, mm-hmm. well, we say soccer's slow, but soccer is – it doesn't uh, stop. That's right. right. But – the, the pacing for soccer is actually quite slow. Yeah, and the we, amount of scoring is slow. But in American football, the pace is actually, it's, it, it is kind of like, you, you're like it has this weird tempo to football that is actually not as, we, we would never say football is boring. Nor would we ever say that football is like kind of in this kind of slow pace. We think football is kind of a fast pace. But yet there's a stop and go, stop and go aspect right. to it right. that I think world people who are, in, who are used to watching rugby and soccer they just can't understand the concept of stopping, huddling, mm-hmm. then playing, stopping, huddling, right. playing. They just right. that that concept is really. And football is complicated. There's a lot of rules to it. Yeah. And I think it's just to to the rest of the world. It's just like. Well, and and the thing that American football first. probably has uh, going against it the most is you shouldn't play it without a significant amount of. Um, Material of uh, like beer, yeah, years, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, I remember when I was in middle school and when we were at the hometown football game, we would be out playing football without pads. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I didn't do it that many times. I was yeah. very small, and it's like, well, this is not for me. Um, and so there are drawbacks. And there, I think there is, and a... that keeps children, kids, from getting into it. Basically, that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Is there... And I think football very much, you know, the, football is popular in the United States, especially because I think there is a sense like we. This is our sport. Yeah. Everyone who plays in football is American. It's very aggressive. It's, it's a very, very aggressive. Yes, it's dependent in part I mean, the on... the Congress had to legislate to, and make it less violent yeah. when Theodore Roosevelt was president because yeah. people were dying. Right. That's football. Right. And soccer is not an American sport. It's from Britain. Rugby is not an American sport. Uh, baseball has... Definitely been picked up in the Latin American world, mm-hmm. um, and and hockey is not an American sport. So those are all all those sports that aren't don't do as well in the United States. So basketball, I think, is very similar to soccer. You don't need a lot to play basketball. You have a ball, and a lot of cities, parks have hoops. Right. You play, right. right? You don't need a lot of gear. You just play. Right. You get people together to play. Soccer has that same element, right? You just bring a ball. Let's get together. Let's play. Right. Football, you really can't do that. It has to be very organized. Baseball it takes a lot also of people, has to be organized. You know, you know what I yeah. mean? It takes, um, you can, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you could do Ghost Runner on second, come up with a, yeah. you know, yeah. a baseball game if you've got five or six neighborhood right. kids in some ways. Sure. But you can't do much of that with, you, you know, can't. football. There's just some. If you're going to play a, like, yeah, pad level, yeah. Uh, you mentioned baseball. Let me go ahead and move to this and sure. ask you. Um, Japan defeated the U.S. for gold. I mean, U.S. got silver. That's nothing to. Uh, to balk at, but uh, the, Japan defeated the U.S. for gold in baseball and softball. Do you think that that baseball is bigger in Japan now than it is oh. in the United States? I don't know if I'm bigger. Maybe because I've never been to Japan, nor I've ever like, gone to a Japanese baseball game. Right. However, I know it's big in Japan. It's big, and uh, I would say that 
I think it goes back to just kind of the Asian kind of culture is that I don't know if you've ever watched the Little League World Series, but Japan usually always wins. Hmm. Um, that means something. That's and I think maybe I think it goes back to, and, and they said this about basketball too, that American kids, their introductions to sports is very much play, 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 play. Less technique, less learning yeah. the fundamentals. I think in the Asian Japanese culture, I think it's very fundamental driven. They yeah. teach fundamentals a lot of doing over and over again fundamentals. And I think it helps <coughs> Japanese uh, players, especially on a younger level. Probably, the good thing about Americans is that Americans <coughs> physically, like Americans are very like all about like muscle and building muscle and power. And that helps in baseball and in the adult level. But I think in the younger kids level, and I think for, and also I don't know... <coughs> Yeah, it's all about technique. Who U.S. sends to the baseball on the baseball team? I don't, obviously, it's not our best. And that is that is actually. Uh, I'm glad you brought it's during that our season, up, yeah. um, That I read a little bit about who played for the U.S. in baseball, and you're talking about pro athletes from ten years ago who yeah. made a contract ran out. There, there seem to be very very right. few right. of the uh, peak baseball players who are going to play for the national team, which I, I think that's a bummer. I think yeah. that is, we don't actually know then. Right. Uh, it's easy, I, I, it's just easy to say, well, if our best played, we would win. It's like, look, I don't believe that until you show me. And baseball's um, a weird sport because it's it's not like, I'll just throw my team out there and we'll beat whoever we play. Baseball's a unique sport in the sense that right. there's pitching. Right. Um, there's other variables to baseball. Right. Unlike basketball and football, you can't just roll it out. And so... Right. Like yeah, they, from what I understand, the gold medal game was in a lot of ways a pitching duel between right, like the starting pitcher. Uh, it was um, two nothing. Yeah. So it, I yeah. mean, if you're talking raw talent, right? And the J- Japan sent their best, and we didn't. And right. It's like, well, all right, then they win the gold medal. Right. And the same thing with the U.S. softball team, because I think a lot of the softball, the girls on the softball team are older. Mm-hmm. They've been on the team for a long time. Yeah. And they haven't really infused any more younger talent, because U.S. doesn't have. They do have a professional softball league, but. I don't believe it's. I mean, obviously, they don't get paid a lot. Obviously, it's not a huge money maker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess women who play in that particular sport probably have to do something else for money. Um, and so, unlike the WNBA, it's not like we have this huge professional softball league that's just kind of a farm system for the U.S. women's softball. I think the U.S. women's softball team has the same players that have been on it for like 15, 20 years. Yeah. And actually the same with the women's basketball team. It's like a lot of the same players that have been on the team for a while now. Um, and so... Yeah, uh, on women's basketball, uh, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi both have five Olympic gold medals. Yeah, so they've played, on, they've played for 20 years. Right. Yeah, it's so not shocking. That's, that's yeah, long, that's, that's a long that's time. That's a, yeah, and, and basketball crews can last that long, but usually not at peak. Right. Uh, you know, uh, you have players who stay in 20 years, but it's very hard to. Right. I mean, you're pushing 40. Right. Uh, that's a lot of running. It's a lot of, of getting knocked around. Right. Um, so. Yep. Yep. Okay, let's talk about uh, this. This became a controversial story a bit. Uh, a lot of opinions about Simone Biles and what oh, happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the basic story that uh, that came out is in the team competition, which precedes the individual competition. Uh, Simone Biles, um, you can see even if you watch some of the videos, um, she was she does a lot of twists and flips and uh, has to have an incredible sense of direction and balance. And you can see that something was going on 
that she looked out of balance, and that's very dangerous. So, early on in the team competition, she backs out. Can they have a term for that? It's like twirlies or something like that? <laughs> I don't think... I know that's... There's a term. I don't it's a term know. I that they use that it's it's common in gymnastic world. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and you could see that she lost... She was disoriented in yeah. the air. Um, and so... She drops out of the team competition. She says, I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to trust that my other teammates can take care of this. And what came... They end up winning the silver medal. Uh, as a team, yes. As a team, yeah. Uh, and what came was a lot of opinions about, yeah. uh, about this. Um, and so you follow, did you follow this? Well, yeah, a little bit. And, and it turned out there were, there's some other things going on too. She had a family member who died and, and so she had a lot going on emotionally um, and, and her family wasn't there. It's another right. whole component to this right. whole thing because there wasn't anyone in attendance. Right. Because Japan wouldn't allow anyone to come to the actual arenas or other venues to actually watch right. the competition. So challenging circumstances. And right. what do you make of uh, all of this given the challenging circumstances? So I, I think uh, or initially I was kind of in that kind of like, oh, so... And I'm just going to be blunt on this. This is just me as a... I'm like, if that was a man... If that was like LeBron James or someone else, I don't think she... I think the, the treatment would have been different. Yeah. It would have been, oh, you, you quit on your team. You know, uh, it, it, you, know you gave up on them. Um, and that type of matter it matters. But then the more, like, I heard and understood the concepts a little bit that she was actually, like, it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Like, this... And this is something, like, in the gymnastics world, like, again, like, there's a terminology they use about it that this is unfortunate but it can happen right um and that actually not only was she harming herself but she was potentially harming her team uh from a competition standpoint yep. the best thing for her health and the best thing for the team was for her to pull out based off that and i guess they're also talking about it happens in golf too that you start to get to this point when your mind thinks you're doing something right but the outcome is not what mm-hmm. you're thinking mm-hmm. and so you're disoriented yeah the more I started to understand the terminology, I started to understand, okay, this was the right thing for the team. It was the right thing for her. And then and then she was cheering on her team. It's not like she sure. wouldn't flew back right. home. Right. But right. then she ended up competing in the balance beam and won the bronze. Um, so it's like, it, obviously she was able to work through it from a, from a practice standpoint and then was able to feel confident enough to then change her routine a little bit so right. it, was, it was like not as uh, daunting mm-hmm. and she was able to, to win the bronze. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good story. Now I think what we were talking about earlier, the terminology people are throwing out, like she was courageous, you know, all these different things. Like I think we're just like throwing those terms out because I guess that's just the common language now that anyone who does anything like shocking or that we were not expecting, they're therefore courageous. Um, but it seems like she did. The, she made a wise decision. Right. It seems like her coaches supported her on that decision. It seemed like her teammates supported her on that decision, and her family supported her in that decision. And that's really all that I think we need to know. I don't think we need to like throw a microphone in her face and say, you know, do you, you know, do you feel like you gave up on your team on this one? That kind of stuff. Like, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the the country as a whole was disappointed because she's. So great. I mean, she's considered one of the greatest gymnastic right. uh, gymnasts and, in, and, in, you know, in history. A part of why you have so much confidence in her is that her nerve has been so strong. Yeah, she has kept herself together and yeah. produced at such a high level yeah. for so many for so many previous years. games. And 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 this is in part uh, the issue is that 
Well, that, in, in terms of athletic events, that is part of the package. Right. And so that's uh, what, is, what is the most praiseworthy thing is, frankly, what you saw out of Suni Lee, her teammate, yep. who all of a sudden found herself as the person who had the best chance uh, of producing the gold yeah. medal and then rises to the occasion yeah. and produces yeah. it. So we got so, to know a new person. Right. So it was good. And, and it's her moment. Yeah, and, 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 yeah and she the, definitely took hold of it. And, and, and these Olympic athletes know that a, it is an enormous amount of pressure. And dealing with that pressure, I mean, that's why they have sports psychologists. Right. Because it is so much pressure. It is more pressure in a lot of ways than human beings are designed to handle when you go, the next two minutes of my life are what the last four years of my life have led to. Right. It is so much pressure that a part of the challenge is what, how can you maintain uh, your mental uh, discipline in those moments, and so again, I agree with you. It's, it is uh, right. It looked right what Simone Biles did, so that it's it is uh, okay. So, so look in the in the classical system of, of virtues, there is prudence, temperance, justice, and fortitude. It was the most prudent thing for her to do. It was, yeah. it was the wisest thing. It was yeah. the smartest thing yeah. based upon all the factors, right. um, it, because she assessed her own temper and went, I don't have it right now. Right. And that's a part of what we all have to do in everyday life. So you, you should, that's praiseworthy in that regard. But it's, it, it, even, it even has a certain kind of courage right. to say, look, you're, a lot of y'all aren't going to understand right. that this is what I need to do. Right. But in terms of athletics, what you celebrate the most is a Sunni Lee story. Exactly. A person who did not right. have all of this pressure and then finds herself as an 18-year-old right. carrying right. a team and... Right. and uh, and the morale of a team, mm-hmm. and and you know, look uh, again, like you said, good on Simone Biles for showing up and saying, no, "I'll cheer for everybody. Yeah. I'm yeah. for all of you." Yeah. Right. Um, and and so in a lot of ways, this Olympics in terms of gymnastics was a story for Suni Lee, who all of a sudden carries that weight on her shoulders and produces, mm-hmm. which is which is incredibly impressive to mm-hmm. walk up there and go. Uh, up until today, there was not anywhere near as much expected of me, but I have gained so much weight, yep. and she carried it. Yep. So, and she won uh, the all-around gold medal. I mean, she right. she was the best gymnast in the world. Out of in, nowhere, right? right? In the Tokyo Olympics. Yep. And that was surprising, because Biles is considered the greatest. And right. she, she was the only story she was the expect- in a lot of ways. And as as the idea that sports. Simone Biles, like, she understood there's pressure. I mean, it's the Olympics. Right. They compete. Right. It's not like they compete... And they think, well, it's going to be a walk in the park. Uh, no. As you already mentioned, the Chinese who are really good at gymnastics, who are good at these type of things, the Russians, there's a lot of competition. And they've competed against these same people mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Um, and they and Simone Biles has been in the Olympics before. She understands the pressure. She understands the stress. She gets right. what she trains for. But I think it came down to her who knows what she's doing and most of the country who doesn't know what she's actually doing realizes I this is not smart. Mm-hmm. I I can't do this at a level that I'm usually expected to do this. Therefore, it's prudent of me yep. to not compete. And what I'm actually gonna try to do in the meantime is try to get out of this funk mm-hmm. and hopefully I can compete in at least one of the other events right. at the end of the Olympics. And that's what she ended up doing. Yeah, and she, so, and she came back to produce, which is also... And it'll probably very be her last very, Olympics. Very challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. Yeah. So I, I, I always was actually, even, even at the end of this story, even more encouraged by her that she... like, it's like She's like, I, I want to work through this. 
Yep. And I want to. I, I would like to compete in some at the at the, hopefully in the balance beam by the end of the Olympic. And then and she succeeded at that. Right. So it was really Great. cool. Uh, let me hit you with a few things. Um, some of this is is legacy kind of stuff. Sure. Allison Felix uh, wins her eleventh medal. She won a bronze uh, individually in track and field. Uh, and she broke uh, Carl Lewis's like medal track medal uh, total medal. Record, I believe, right. right, I believe she's appeared in five different Olympics yeah. uh, as a runner, and that's you know a uh, running career usually peak as uh, as a distance runner at thirty. Right. I, I would guess uh, sprinters peak earlier. Earlier, uh, yeah. And so that's that's really amazing too. Because uh, I believe that's, that was it, Sydney Mitchell, who won the four the won the four hundred meter hurdles. She was she's in, I think uh, she could she goes to the University of Kentucky. She's still a college student. She's like twenty one. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, peak uh, peak strength can happen, you know, mm-hmm. early twenties, mm-hmm. and and then when you add speed, uh, so that can that can come on really quick. So mm-hmm. that's uh, pretty amazing, you know. And Allison Felix is a mom; she was out there uh, competing, and uh, had an, another American athlete. Their kids were were meeting. It was cool to see. It's cool, that, you know. It can carry on. Uh, pretty amazing accomplishment in the women's pole vaulting for uh, Katie Nagiati, uh, outlasting reigning world champion. Anzalika Sidorova of the Russian Olympic Committee, uh, and nobody expected her to win uh, the women's pole vault. And and what I think is amazing about her, uh, she became the first vaulter, man or woman, to miss twice at their opening height and then go on to win gold wow. at the Olympics. Uh, apparently, there was a lot of wind. Uh, <laughs> look, pole vaulting is always. Uh, I mean, this is a dangerous sport to a degree and and just incredibly intimidating so all pole vaulters have uh my respect but to um to miss twice carry on take it all the way to winning of the gold it's about about, uh competing under pressure right (laughs) yeah there's a there's a kind of nerve yeah i mean uh from what i remember in the final round of pole vault um there were only four competitors who were able to uh to make it into the final round because the wind was just oh, wow. so... Which is not what you want. No. Yeah. <laughs> not as a when pole When you're pole at high. Um, so good for her. Uh, what do you think about this thing that happened in men's high jump where uh, Mutaz Essa Barshim of Qatar and Gianmarco Tamberi of Italy agreed to take... Uh, there was a something in the rules that since they both... Um, they both jumped... 2.37 meters, that was their highest, highest jump. For anybody who's not familiar, I, I, um, I haven't remembered some numbers from high school, what some guys on our team would jump. That's about 7 feet 10 inches. Uh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. high jump. Um, but there was another uh, Belarus uh, athlete, Maxim Nadasikow, also jumped 2.37 meters. But since the order worked in a certain way, they offered Barshim, well, you can share the gold medal, and... Um, one of the Olympic highlights that if you watched a lot of highlights that you surely saw was those two celebrating because the, the Italian uh, Tamberi is incredibly uh, outgoing. About yeah, of course he is. I mean, he's running around falling, getting up, falling again. Just <laughs> um, So what do you think about sharing of a gold medal like that? Incidentally, uh, Nadasikau got bronze, so it was right. gold, gold, bronze. Bronze, the way right, the right. I, I mean, uh, I'm not really sure because uh, I didn't do men's. I didn't do high jumping. I'm not really sure, like what the next level is, is if they, you know, it's like, well, basically this is the highest I can jump. I don't even think I could, I could clear anything higher. And, and so why, why try to, com- why, why, why try to jump something we're both going to fail at? Why don't we just, 
call it a day. Right. right? We both got know. the gold medal. Like, Something in me wants... Okay, if you can't jump higher, which they both did try to yeah. jump higher and they That's didn't right. make it. Right. Uh, something in me wants those two guys, or even, I guess, if these three guys all jump the same height, keep on jumping the same height until somebody misses. I, I, I want to know who the one gold medalist is. Um, I'm, you know, it, it, there's something about two guys going, hey, we both win. What's the, what's the problem? It's great. It's like, well, sure. it can't be that way. Yeah. Uh, there's something in me that just goes, no. Yeah. You know, you, if, you, if you have a favorite, there can only be one favorite. And right. There, if there's a gold medal, there can only be one gold medal. That's what a gold medal is. Yeah. So there's something in me that just kind of goes, I, I, uh, I, I don't know about And it. you don't have it on here, but just to give more props to the Italian track and field team, but an Italian man won the 100-meter dash. Right. Right, usually dominated by Jamaicans um, and Americans. Jama- yeah, Jamaica, America has uh, shown themselves strong. There's some other countries that usually show up. Um, Canada in the past has been really good, mm-hmm. it's, uh, but uh, Canadian on the 200 meter dash man. Yes, but you know an Italian, right? A European right. man. Yeah, you don't think of Italians. Won the 100 speed. meter dash. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, beat the the yeah the. The hedge of uh, the 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 the, the jugg- juggernauts of the of the Jamaicans and right. Americans like last uh, last Olympics, uh, uh, Gatlin who went to University of Tennessee beat Usain Bolt. Oh, this was in the World Championship. I don't actually don't actually yeah, I think I don't think it was the Olympics. Olympics. Usain Bolt dominated. Yeah, right. um, but um, but yeah, I mean uh, Bolt retired, mm-hmm. and now an Italian man wins a hundred meter dash. Isn't so. that something? Uh, incidentally, Ryan Krauser uh, of USA won men's shot put. Um, so I like track and field a lot. I, yeah. I like Olympic track and field. I think it's great. Well, another story that, uh, uh, not to continue down this path, but the, uh, and the four by four, I'm sorry, the four, 400 meter, uh, hurdles men's, yeah. uh, the U S got silver. He broke the world record, but the Norwegian won the race and broke the world record. His own, I think it was his own record, but maybe it wasn't Broke the world record by seven seconds. Wow. Yes, uh, I've heard of it. Uh, so you're saying the American won in like a semifinal, he broke the world record? No, in the actual final. The American oh, broke the broke world record but got after. second. Gotcha. Got second because the Norwegian beat him so that both first and second crushed the world record. Right. Uh, but yeah, what, I didn't watch the race, but that's pretty incredible. Right. Yeah, hurdles are amazing. Uh, yeah. Technique as well as speed plays so much. Uh, it's really is incredible. Now, just a couple other things before we finish up here. Um, in volleyball, uh, the win over Serbia clinched the United States at least a silver medal, uh, something the U.S. has accomplished before, but not frequently. Listen to this. I, I'm very surprised by this. Um, this is women's volleyball, by the way. Uh, in the past nine Olympic Games, dating back to 1984, the, the U.S. has won three silver medals, two bronze medals, and failed to medal four times. So they had never won a gold medal. In, in our, we've never won a gold medal in our entire Olympic history. Is volleyball an American sport? I would assume so. It, it seems like it is. I mean, so I it seems like a YMCA creative sports, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that much about, it, but it seems like it is. Yeah, I know um, the U.S. dominate beach volleyball, right? Uh, I believe. But, we yeah, because I know those two girls who played. Uh, uh, it was funny because when President Bush went to Beijing for the Olympics, uh, they slapped him on the butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I remember that. Yeah. So. <coughs> Sorry, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep keep going. <coughs> keep going. Uh, so the win was over Brazil uh, <coughs> at Tokyo. Uh, the women's volleyball team took gold for the first time ever. Wow! That which is uh, very surprising. That is surprising. That's the first time, and you know there's other medals there, but um, it, it just seemed um, that 
we would have had uh, gold in volleyball before. But hey, this coach, is the first he, time. was he very emotional after the the match? I think I saw like a like a post conference, like a post interview that he was kind of very emotional, like crying mm-hmm. because of, and I didn't know that all this history that you just brought up right. had a lot to do with it. Yeah, right. Uh, and then uh, this is once again um, not having grown up in a swimming town <laughs> there was not yeah. competitive swimming in my hometown the U.S. seems to be in a position to produce some incredible swimmers uh, the biggest stories for this Olympics were Caleb Dressel and Katie Ledecky who Katie Ledecky is amazing right uh, she won the mile swimming it was the first time it had been I guess it had been offered as an event uh, in this particular it's Olympics. a lot of swimming in my it's a lot of, yeah mm-hmm. I can't, uh, also, Chase Calise and Bobby Fink also were uh, were gold medalists this Olympics. We are, I mean, but after Michael Phelps retired, uh, you should not assume that we'll have a dominant swimmer. Um, and Caleb Gressel showed up and, and did. Uh, yeah. And uh, Michael Phelps was commenting on uh, the swimming this time. It's pretty incredible to have uh, a, a, another swimmer come on. I believe Caleb Gressel won five medals at this Olympics and uh, the, the Michael Phelps sort of thing, these, these, these people who come along and, and are, uh, I mean, to be an Olympic champion in anything it's hard. is amazing, yeah. but to, um, to be such a, I mean, in a lot of ways it just comes down to you, to be such a physical specimen that yeah. you can win at the different forms of swimming, whether it's breast, breaststrokes, freestyle, freestyle yeah. uh, look, that's incredible. Yeah. And, and I don't Butterfly. know why the U.S. Yeah. is... Uh, I, I, there are there have got to be more swimming programs than I have been yeah. familiar with. That's another thing you've to, got to show depth. Like yeah, this. you've got you know YMCA swim teams. You've got uh, neighborhood country club. You've got um, high school. You've got college level. Uh, I mean, all these all these athletes competed against each other, and also all a lot of the world swimmers all go to the United States to go to college. Yep. And so they're all they're competing against each other constantly, and so. Right. Um, I mean, this was so cool about the Olympics is that these people compete against each other year round. But the Olympics, you get to see this is the this <laughs> right. is the peak, right. and the rest th- of the world cares when it's they, the Olympics. They, they, yeah, right. they care, and and uh, there's a lot of bragging rights mm-hmm. amongst one another in the pools, and that's why at the end of the races they're hugging each other and stuff because yeah. they know each other. Right. These people are they're competitors. They know very they know each other well, mm-hmm. and uh, the Olympics is the place to shine, and they. They show up and they break world records and they break Olympic records and it's really cool to watch. Yep, absolutely. So, well, I've so. got some great news for you, Matt. Sure. Next year's the Winter Olympics. Yes, in Beijing and <laughs> in, in China, which is another like what? How many hours in, ahead are they? That's true. That's that was true. one of the problems with this particular Olympics and viewership because viewership was down like forty percent from Rio. Is this in a different hemisphere? So it's, nothing's live. Right, you mean like, you didn't start watching it like four in the morning? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch one basketball game because it was all on Peacock. It wasn't on NBC. Yeah. Second thing is, is that you knew who won before you watched it. Yeah. Because it was on ESPN. They would say on there like, yeah, Simone Biles won the bronze medal. Right. Oh, wow. Right. That's on TV now, like at right, night. Right, right, You're like, right. that's the problem with some of these things. People aren't getting their results in real time. They're right. getting, they're watching you know, tapes. Yeah. And people don't watch tapes. They want the live. Right. And so it'll be, it, it, of course, the Winter Olympics will be in the same deal, but Paris in, uh, what, 2024 will be closer, like six or seven hours ahead. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to watch some things 
more live. So yeah. yeah anyways, but uh, enjoyed watch listen, uh, talking about the Olympics. Other than what talking about the climate change or something else, but maybe next uh, next week we'll, we'll talk about. I really want to talk about tal- the Taliban in Afghanistan. There's a lot happening. There. There's a, it's a, I think it's a big issue, mm-hmm. um, and I would be curious what you think about it and that type of thing. So maybe we'll talk about that next week. Okay, sounds great. All right, so this has been uh, in parts of the future, and we'll see you in the future. All right.